Amen. What a wonderful song to prepare our hearts for a reading from God's Word. And if it sounds like I'm doing a microphone check at the same time, I am. And you wouldn't have noticed I had not pointed it out. We are going to read today, though, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, What we're doing is we're talking about spiritual gifts. And there are three sets of spiritual gifts that we're going to be talking about. And And the one we're going to be dealing with today is the first one, love, the gifts of love. And so um, please join me for reading from a passage that I think will amplify what the Holy Spirit has for us. Stand, please, for this reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 3 and then tag in verse 13. God's Word says this. If I speak in the tongue of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove a mountain but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand my body over so uh, so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And now there's faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And thank you again for being here this morning. We are in a continuing series on spiritual gifting, spiritual gifts that the, the Spirit has for us. And I hope that this series is helpful for you as all of us to learn how God has gifted us to identify maybe those spiritual gifts that he's given you and prepare you to use them in his kingdom through his church. And so I'm really excited about this series. Uh, And again, we're talking about three sets of gifts. There's going to be the love gifts today. Next week, we're going to talk about the gifts of word. And then finally, in the third week, the gifts of power, power gifts. Um, So when we talk about spiritual gifts, again, we're talking about something that the Holy Spirit has for us. And it's so fascinating that the word uses, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible uses the word gifts. Because a gift is something that is extended, but also has to be received. Okay, And so there's participatory uh, expect, expectations of us to receive the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for us. And you might think that's a little strange, which is why we have kind of this metaphor standing here for us of actually pursuing giftedness is something that's very natural for us. We tend to do it pretty naturally. We, we look for giftedness in our children, those of us who are, who are parents or, or uh, you know, have grown up in a family, like it's not uh, early in an age we look at a child and we go, are they gifted in some particular way? And we celebrate that, we nurture it, we invest time, we invest resources, we encourage them to grow and develop in their gifting. And so it's perfectly normal and natural in kind of a societal way to pursue, identify and pursue gifting. But what about in the spiritual What if the Holy Spirit has unique gifts or a unique gift set that he's prepared for each one of us, that as we're faithful in Christ, we should identify in those gifts and grow in those giftings, again, maybe not to earn the letters and trophies and accolades in this world, but but to really invest in kingdom treasures. And so that's the whole idea of this series, is to help us to identify what those spiritual gifts might be in each one of us. And again, there may be multiple in some different kind of sets. And to help us grow in them, in use here in the community. So 
we're uh, setting up on this thesis, and this is kind of the thesis of the series, and I'll just have you share this with you. It says this, God, by the Holy Spirit, gives gifts, spiritual gifts, to those who are faithful in Christ. So being faithful in Christ is a prerequisite to receiving or understanding how we're gifted. Okay, so God, by the Holy Spirit, gives gifts to those who are faithful in Christ for the purpose of building up the church. And as we expressed last week, this idea of God by his Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, gives gifts. When we talk about gifts, we're talking about things that are like abilities or skills or, or even insight. Okay? These are the spiritual gifts to those who are faithful in Christ. Again, in a posture of receiving. Isn't that fascinating? We were talking about that again last week, that God is such a great giver. He gives us life, and he gives us grace. And then by his Spirit, which he gives us also by faith, and then the Spirit continues the giving. He has spiritual gifts to give us. So we just need to enter into a posture of receiving. So those who are faithful in Christ, he gives these gifts for the purpose of. What are these gifts for? Again, not for our own accolades, but for building up the church. Now, I put a capital C on there because I'm talking about the bigger church, the kingdom of God here on earth. And we do that as he might even grow the church in us, maturing us and helping us to live more faithfully and fruitfully. But then these gifts also do come into play here in the local church, which is part of the capital C church, as we all have gifts to serve together, networking together to be the body of Christ, uniquely gifted to finish and continue the work of Christ until his great return. So this morning, we begin a three-part subset in the series. We're going to be exploring the three sets of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has for us. Uh, And those three gifts are love gifts, which we'll be talking about this morning, gifts of word or word gifts, and then the power gifts. And love gifts are going to see things like mercy and giving. Word gifts are things like teaching, admonishment. And then we're going to talk about power gifts, which are things like prayer, healing, and maybe even some things that are supernatural. So we're going to be excited to talk about those. Now, already you might be thinking, well, this sounds a little scary. And you're thinking that. It sounds a little scary. I don't know if this is up for me. Or maybe it's not in your history. You're like, I don't know. Has this, has this church done that? Or has the church that I've been at have done a part of that? Have I ever been a part of that? Maybe you're thinking, you know, is this something that's part of my gifting? But it is something that is always expected in Scripture. If I look at Romans chapter 12, for example, this is Paul writing to the church. He says, just as each of us is one, has one body, like he's talking about our physical bodies, but that has many members or parts of our body. Just like that, these members or parts of our body don't all have the same function. This is how it is in Christ. We, though many, form one body, and each part or member belongs to all the others. Now, we're all going to have different gifts, he says. This is according to the grace given, there's that word again, given to each one of us. So he goes on to say, if you get a particular gift, use it. Use it in the company of the church. He says this, if your gift is prophesying, then go ahead and prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, then go ahead and serve. If your gift is teaching, then you should use it. You should teach. If your gift is to encourage, then by all means, give encouragement. If your gift, spiritual gift, is leadership, then do it diligently. And if your gift is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Again, this is God's word. Now, you notice in this text, if you, and again, we're going to learn more specifically, love gifts, word gifts, power gifts, but you see all of them are evident in there. Love gifts would be serving, mercy, and giving. 
Uh, word gifts would be teaching. You see that in there. Exhortation is a word gift. Leadership is also a word gift. But then you even see evidence of a power gift, which would be prophesying, knowledge of God. So there's evidence even in this text as he's talking about, hey, your body has lots of different parts, but it all works together to benefit you as one body. That's how it is with the church. The Holy Spirit's going to give particular gift sets to different people for different functions in the whole body of the church. And so whatever your gift is, use it. And then again, in just this sampling here, he gives us love gifts and word gifts and even power gifts, saying if those are your gifts, go on, use them for benefit of the church, to grow the church in you and through you. So again, can we, can we use them? Do we have to have a gift and do we have to use it? Now, again, there's freedom in Christ. God gives, but he also lets us live in freedom. And yes, we can probably choose not to. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of sports equipment that I no longer use. Does anyone have that? I have the set of golf clubs that are sitting in the back shed, uh, gathering dust. Every once in a while, the kids break them out and they start playing golf in the backyard and it gets really messy and I say, put them back. Or what about the weights? Does anyone have a set of weights that's just sitting there gathering dust somewhere? Now, I'm starting to break them out again, so that's good. But I also go to a gym, so I don't need the weights. I used to have an ab rack. You would kind of lean on it with your, your uh, uh, shoulders. Your feet would dangle, and I'd lift my legs up. It was a great hanger for clothes, okay? Then my wife at some point said, can you get rid of that thing? It's taking up too much room in the, in the garage. We all can have things like that where maybe we've invested in, who I'm going to really do this sport. And maybe we were good at it for a time, or we got bored with it, or we decided, tried to set it aside. It can feel like that sometimes with spiritual gifts, where, yes, we can choose, just like the golf clubs or the weights or the abrac, to take advantage of them, or the Spirit does give us freedom not to. We can really choose not to. So what if we don't care to identify or to grow in our spiritual gifting? What might we be missing out on? Well, maybe just like golfing, which actually I was pretty good at golfing for a while. And then I had a really great score and I put the golf clubs away and never went back to them again. <laughs> I'm probably missing out on the joy of golfing, maybe. But for sure, if we ignore our spiritual gifting, we may be missing out on some joy that can come as we grow in our service to the Lord and in our maturity, we may be missing out on joy that the Lord has for us as we grow in our usefulness here in the church. You know, it's interesting because then you start to put on lenses of spiritual gifting, right? And then I started reviewing the scriptures again. And it kind of brought some different stories to light. See, I started to wonder if, for example... Jesus was identifying in this rich young man that came up to him once who seemed to be perfectly you know, righteous and religious in every good way, but he said he was missing something. He's like, Lord, I'm missing something, and Jesus identified that. And he started encouraging him to do something really radical. He said, I tell you what, why don't you sell all your stuff and give it away lavishly and then come follow me? Was Jesus identifying in this man the potential of a spiritual gifting of generosity? And he chose not to. And the word tells us that this man, as Jesus looked at him and loved him, he told him, go ahead and just participate in the joy of giving and come follow me. But when he heard this invitation, the young man was shocked. And he went away sad because he had many possessions that he wanted to hold on to instead. 
Now, when I look at that through the lens of spiritual gifting, I think, see, Jesus knew there was so much more for him in the kingdom of God if he just could live out of that spiritual gifting of generosity that I wonder sometimes that even people who go to church faithfully and, and, and know the Lord and, and want to follow him, but we're missing out on maybe some purposeful joy in our walk. Is it possible that we just haven't yet identified and nurtured and developed and begin to use our spiritual gifting? Because when we use our spiritual gifting, there's just extra joy that can come into our faith life. Hey, now speaking of extra joy, I've got a really great guest for you. It's our Pastor Joy. And she has been so helpful offline with this series, talking about spiritual gifts. We've been having great conversations. We had a really good conversation this week of the three of us pastors about our own spiritual gifting. But she's done a lot of research on it, and I would love for her to share with you a little bit more about how you can identify your spiritual gift and develop it in service of the church. So, Joy. Hey there. So, maybe you know that Pastor Simon plays tennis he plays a lot, or he used to play a lot, especially, and he plays some now, and he can. And if you look in his office, he has a tennis poster and more tennis stuff. And I was thinking that, you know, if we were talking about tennis rather than spiritual gifts, Simon could talk about tennis, teach us about tennis, teach us about history, show us some famous players, tell us the rules, right? But would we really learn tennis? I mean, really, to learn tennis, we need to go out on the court, learn how to hold the racket properly and bend our elbow appropriately, Right? practice hitting some balls, then we would learn tennis. And it's really the same with the spiritual gifts. We can learn about the spiritual gifts in church, in these worship, uh, in these worship services, from the sermon series. We can learn about the spiritual gifts. But can we receive them and practice them and apply them and embody them? Mm. And I think it's going to take a lot more than just simply receiving the sermon on Sunday. That's a good start. It's great. But we have to practice it other times, learn about it other times. So I really want to encourage you to metaphorically get out on the court, pick up a racket, get a coach, get a team, and practice together. Because this, just on Sundays, is not going to be enough, my friends. So I want to show you some ways you can get on the court. This is metaphorical, by the way, right? It's my big metaphor. So first, we really encourage you to explore what your spiritual gifts might be. So this isn't a maze. It's a <laughs> QR code. Some of you know how to use this. If you know how to use it, great. If you receive five for Friday, there's going to be a picture similar to this. It will have a link. You can click on that link. It will take you to a website where you can answer some questions and start discerning your spiritual gifts. You do have to put in your information and make sure you click that you're doing the free one. So now, if this is so confusing to you, it feels like a big burden, I don't want you to be burdened by this. I have some paper copies. It's a different test, but it's very similar. So you can come and ask me. I'll put some up here. So don't let the QR code keep you from taking the test. We have one here, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, remember that this test is a guide. It's not the final word of the Lord to your life, right? We discover our spiritual gifts in context with pastoral leadership, and in the church community. So this is a tool, not a rule. But it's good to start with a test if you have no idea. Second, I'm going to be offering a time for us to bring the test results together and talk about them and explore how we might utilize our spiritual gifts within the context of this church here. 
So I'm calling it, Pastor Lars mentioned it earlier, a spiritual gifts clinic. Mm -hmm. You know, when my children play soccer, sometimes they'll go and have a special, I always want to say rehearsal, but that's because I was in theater, not sports, (laughs) a special practice with a special coach called Mm. the clinic, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have to go? No. Will it help you if you go? Oh, yes. So think of that as this. So we'll have one this Wednesday online. The Zoom link was in five for Friday. You can... Please just let me know you're coming. I want to know how many people to plan for. That will help. And then we have one in person on February 2nd upstairs in the upper room. You're invited to both. If you can just make one, that's great. And if there's so many people, it's not going to be helpful. I'll plan more clinics. Okay? (laughs) So just let me know. Third, this this sermon series is for the month of January, but we're not going to stop talking about spiritual gifts when it's over. Right? This is just the beginning. Some groups in our church, some rooted groups, and some Bible studies are studying this book called Convergence by Pastor Johns Thompson. The subtitle is very provocative, I think. Why Jesus needs to be more than our Lord and Savior for the church to thrive in a post-Christian world. Mm. And what he's saying is Jesus needs to be our model. Jesus needs to be our model. Mm -hmm. This is a great resource. The women's Bible study on Wednesday mornings at 9.30 will be studying this starting in February The online study on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. is studying this. Have these started already? You've already started. Okay. Some rooted groups are studying this. If you'd like to get in on it, speak to Pastor Simon about that. If you'd like to join a rooted group, we might need to start some new ones to study this together. That would be great. Mm -hmm. At least, please read it on your own. There are video teachings available on Right Now Media. There's also a study guide that goes with that. So there's some great resources. Finally, again, we need coaches in life, right? So I encourage you to speak to a ministry leader on council or one of the pastors about your gifts once you've taken, once you've taken the assessment. This, we are beginning this. We are not stopping it at the end of January. So thanks for the time, Pastor Simon. Yeah, thanks, Joy. Appreciate you coaching us through that. As we continue now, what I want to do is introduce you to the first set of spiritual gifts that are called the love gifts. And what I found was particularly interesting about the love gifts is they're probably the most abundant in the church. They're the ones that are probably the most common. They're exciting and they're great. And what I want to do is I walk through each one of them real quickly. Maybe there's one, even before you've taken a test, that you're going to go, oh, I think that sounds like me. That might sound like how I'm gifted. And that may be how the Lord, and then I want to also, uh, how the Lord has equipped me. And then I want to give you uh, an example of a place that you can use that gift in the life of the church. And so we're going to begin with the gift of mercy, the gift of mercy. Now, it's possible and probable that the gift of mercy, which is a spiritual gift, not just an instinct, may be the, the core of all the rest of the love gifts, because mercy is really at its core an idea that we're, we're, we have empathy or compassion for others. When we see others in affliction, uh, we hurt alongside with them. I don't know if that sounds like you. It certainly sounds like one of my children, uh, Adele. My daughter, Adele, even from the youngest of age, as she's been learning about who she is in Christ, she will emote with people at a level that I just don't see much with kids. Like if you tell her a story about, hey, something really great happened to me this week, she'll just go, what? Tell me more. Or if you say, I'm not really, you know, feeling great this week. Oh, tell me why. And she's done that ever since she was little. She just has this great level of empathy or compassion for others. We see the gift of mercy, perhaps, in the story of the Good Samaritan. 
where there's a Samaritan, and as he traveled, he came to where a man was who had been, you know, beaten up and left dead. And when he saw him, he, he took pity on him. He couldn't help it, and he went to him, and he began to bandage his wounds. He walked alongside of him. So this idea of, of mercy is someone that not only feels what other people feel, but also wants to get involved in helping bring relief. It's, they, also, they get a great joy out of serving others in this way with the gift of mercy. Now, if this is a, an area where you feel like, ooh, I definitely can, can share burdens with people and I love to be a part of relieving people's burdens, you know, a good place for you to join is with this guy over here, Larry, who's probably one of the most caring people that I know. Larry heads up our caring ministry, and our caring ministry here at the church is all about things like this. What we do is we, we pray for people here at the church, and we also have meal deliveries. I know there's a meal delivery getting set up right now that you want to bring a meal once a week to a family that's been, been shut in for a while. Uh, we do uh, visits to uh, shut-ins and things like that. Uh, the caring team does phone calls even to some of our senior friends who can't just by, you know, ability get here on a regular basis. And so caring ministry is headed up by Larry, who is, again, probably gifted in this particular way of, of mercy and empathy and compassion. So if, if Larry, you want to raise your hand real quick. If you have that sense of mercy could be your call, Larry's the guy for you to, to use to help you activate that gift. The next spiritual gift of love gift would be helps or serving, helps or serving. Do you ever know anyone that can get great joy out of doing dishes? <laughs> I do. It'd be my brother-in-law, Scott. Scott is a dad. He's got four kids that are really young and busy. But if you have your dishes in a pile at the sink, he will walk over to them and just with, with artful joy, just love to do your dishes. It's just something that he does. He does it so easily. He does it so naturally. He just loves to help people and serve them. People who have this gift have a capacity to unselfishly meet the needs of others through practical and hands-on uh, service. They're often moved when there's a tragedy or something like that locally or somewhere to say, what can we do? I just want to do something. Does that sound like you? Where you're someone who's like, hey, can't someone just do something to help lift burdens from others? Again, practically getting involved. Now, they're not in it for the likes. They're not in it to post it, and they're not in it because they want others to know, hey, you did something really good today. The opportunity to serve is a joy enough for people who are spiritually gifted with helps and serving. Again, if this is an area where you feel like you might be gifted in, if you've done the tests or you're going to come to the clinic and discover, hey, I think that might be an area where the Spirit has gifted me, you'd want to meet with Alana Klimkowski and help join the outreach team. The outreach team is the ones responsible for helping bring the refugee family into the parsonage here. And again, they're looking for someone to walk alongside with that family. But the outreach team also does things like pack meals for pads to deliver to people that are, are disadvantaged in their housing. Uh, they do outreach all the way from locally here in the city and even as far as India and more. And so if you're one who wants to get involved with putting your hands on and helping relieve suffering and get involved in the lives of others, then reach out to Alana and the outreach team. That'd be a great place for you to exercise the gifts of helps or serving. Now, time out real quick. Before I continue on with the last two spiritual gifts, you're probably thinking what I may be thinking, which, wait, spiritual gift, aren't we all called to do that, though? Aren't we all called to have mercy? Aren't we all called to give and to serve people? Yes, that's true. But what you see is in the convergence material, what makes something a particular spiritual gift, there is a quality about it 
with people who are spiritually gifted. I, I, am, I, I can feel things too, and I do like to help people. I don't love to do dishes. I certainly do a lot of them in my house. Uh, but you can notice even the way I say it, I don't love it. Right? Um, how can you tell this is a spiritual gift? And, and John Thompson in the Convergence book says this, when you have a spiritual gift, it is more to you than just a common shared duty. It is what God has empowered you to do with greater frequency or power, or I would even say effect. Like when you would have mercy on someone, there's a great impact. Or when you go alongside someone and help them and serve them, there's a great impact. And you know it's a gift when you can do it over a long period of time, a long haul, with still great joy, without feeling a sense of duty or with, and, and with heaven-given results in many forms. Again, you know it's a spiritual gift when it's something you can do with joy, you can do it over and over again, and also has great impact on people. That's how you can tell it's a spiritual, spiritual gift. Okay, going back, um, love gifts. Fourth, third one would be giving, someone who's a giver. I lost a friend about 10 years ago, uh, a man named Marvin Garza, who was such a giver. He was such a giver. I remember we had had our fourth child, and my wife had caught the flu, and uh, he came into the office. I was at work. Um, in Texas, and he came into my office and said, hey, can you help me with something? I need to go pick a meal up at a barbecue place. I'm like, sure. So we get in the car, and we're talking, and we go to this barbecue place, and I don't know how many of you ever ordered barbecue before, but he's ordering like, can I get five pounds of briskets and two whole chickens, and can I get all the sides and extra large sizes and three quarts of this and five quarts? I'm like, this guy's feeding an army. What are you doing? You know, the bill was hundreds of dollars, and he turns around with the bags that were carrying him out to the car. He said, no, Take this home to your family because I know your wife isn't feeling well. I'm like, well, there's, first of all, thank you, but there's no way we're ever going to eat all of this. It's so much food. I broke it out, and I fed three other families with it. I'm not kidding. But Marvin, I asked him about this because it wasn't just with us. He was always giving to people like that. And he would tell me all the time, I keep giving and giving, and God just keeps giving it back to me in greater abundance. I feel like I've never had a time where I don't need anything. I just keep giving out from whatever he's given me, and God keeps investing more and more in me. You get that from Scripture. Even Jesus said that, look, if you give, it'll be given to you. You give in good measure, it'll be pressed down and shaken over, running over from your lap. Maybe you're someone who has the spiritual gift of giving. Now, Marvin was, was not the wealthiest man that I knew, but his motives were pure. And he gave out of just the spiritual instinct to everyone around him. He would bring, you know, toddler chairs over to families, just say, I saw this and thought of you and just would love for you to have that. You could definitely tell it was something he was motivated about spiritually. Um, so do you uh, love to do behind-the-scenes giving? Do you love to, like maybe like a water boy, carry that living water and say, let me help put, you know, relieve your, your thirst? Do you tend to think of people a lot who have less? Do you look at people in need and feel a burden to help them in a tangible way? I, I have a son, Harvey, he's 10, and he definitely seems to show uh, this gift from an early age. If we see a family or a homeless person carrying a sign out there, you know, he's just burdened by it. He can't let me drive by without doing something. Uh, and, he's, and it's just, it's those, but it's also other areas where he's always thinking about how we can give to other people. And so that may be a spiritual gift you have. Um, the last love gift I want to talk to you about may be surprising. It's called administration. Administration. Now you're like, well, that doesn't sound very loving. How many administrators do you know that are like super loving? 
but it actually is. It's the gift of organization. It's a, it's a let's do this kind of person. It's uh, someone with the gift of administration as a capacity to manage details of service functions in a way that supports and frees those in leadership to do them uh, more effectively. So you're a gift of organizer, a gift of galvanizer, getting people together for a specific task. Again, you don't want to be the necessarily out front leading it, but you will help bring order to it, maybe with a clipboard in hand and helping people find their space to be able to do their job well. We had a woman at my previous church, Stephanie. Stephanie was, uh, uh, she was not always fun to talk to. She was just kind of rough. But man, she could organize so well. She would come into the church sometime and just like, can I organize this? And she would do a great job. Or she would definitely be the one with a clipboard in hand at a big event and say, okay, this is where everyone needs to go and get everything all set up. She definitely had that spiritual gift of organization. Um, I would say that if this is something that resonates with you, if you feel like God has gifted you in particular for uh, administration, which is, again, uh, organizer and galvanizer of people, uh, a great person to talk to is Charles Yu and our uh, admin team, uh, or potentially our council, which that's what they're really about, is trying to find systems that can help the whole body serve together. That may be an area you could serve in as the admin team. Now, again, as a whole church empowered by the Holy Spirit, what we're trying to do is continue to serve and mission for the Lord. And we want everyone to know and to grow in their spiritual gifting and to be able to feel free to use it here in the life of the church. And whether you're young or, or an older member, if all of us serve together as a whole body, we can continue growing in mission and in fruitfulness. So I just, I sense through this series, the Lord may be tapping some of you on the shoulder right now. The Lord may be tapping some of you on the shoulder to say, there, you're, you're, you're faithful, but there may be more joy that you can have in your walk by getting involved. As Jesus said to those who are already feeling weary, he said, no, come to me and follow me. Follow me. Put on my burden. It's light, and my burden is, is uh, pick up my yoke. It's easy. Maybe you're here this morning, and, and you want to begin. You're saying, Lord, will you begin a new work in me and begin a new work through me? One good place to start is identifying your spiritual gift. And again, Pastor Joy is one that can help you identify what that is and then growing in it, growing in it. Let me pray as we go into responsive worship. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your gift of love, which is so easily found in Jesus, that he just loves so freely. And he displayed all of these gifts in such abundance, which is why so many were drawn to him because he had that sense of, of mercy. He loved those, especially those who were lost or hurting. He had that gifts of helps and serving. He gave so lavishly, even his own life. And then he set order, setting the disciples up to care forward in the church. And so, Lord, would you continue that good work by your Spirit, empowering each one of us uniquely, but in company together, that we'd be the body of Christ. And, Lord, I pray that even this church, this, this uh, not the biggest church in town, Lord, but that our little light, Lord, would shine bright for you in this kingdom and in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.